a question. He said, if I ask you a question, you can't answer it, you give me $5. If you ask me a question I can't answer, I'll give you 50 She said, yeah, sure. So he asked her a question. As soon as he asked a question, well, she just pulls out $5 and gives it to him. She didn't know the answer. He said, okay, it's your turn. She said, what well, goes up the mountain on three legs and come down on four? And wow, he's thinking and he got his laptop and he's going through a search. He can't find it. He calls his buddy down on the ground. He doesn't know. He said, okay, I'll give up. Says, here's your $50. And gave her the 50 And it's kind of a quiet moment there. And he said, well, what's the answer? So she reaches in a purse and gave him a $5 bill. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there are some smart blondes in the world. Amen. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I wonder if anybody here is curious about the Lord's will for your life. I want to know what the Lord wants from me. Uh, I just preached Friday night about just surrendering to the Lord and uh, this, this book that he has for us. That, that, our, our life all planned out. If we're to sign it, it's just a wonderful thing He has for us. I want to know the will of God. And as a matter of fact, it says, if you want to know or under, want to understand what the will of the Lord is, you're not unwise. You're, you're, you're wise. And so I want to be wise. Um, verse 18 tells us, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you and appreciate you. And uh, Lord, I pray you'd help us now as we, as we preach. I pray that you'd fill me with the Holy Spirit as I preach and uh, help me to convey your message. And I pray for your people that you give them a spirit of understanding, of hearing and understanding. And uh, God, do a work in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the will of God here, he, he goes on to say in verse 18, first of all, and let me cover this, preacher talked about it this morning, first of all, he says, be not drunk with wine. And uh, every drunk in town knows, take a little wine for thy stomach's sake. Amen. They know that verse. And so let me just cover that first, because we're living in a day where so-called fundamental churches, evangelical churches are saying it's okay to drink wine. And uh, Jesus drank wine. Uh, you know, yeah, Jesus drank wine. Uh, the thing is, the Bible doesn't talk about grape juice. It's all translated wine. So we have to do something people don't like to do a lot in Baptist churches, and that's think. Yes, we have to think. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman. Oh, that word is a dirty word, a four-letter word, work. Amen. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So let's go over just a couple of verses. I don't have the, the references, but I'm sure you've heard these verses before. The Bible says, um, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. We were just talking about being, uh, not being unwise. Would Jesus drink something that would make you unwise? Does alcohol make people unwise, unwise decisions? I mean, people do dumb things under the influence of alcohol. So, so here it says, don't be drunk with wine. Jesus didn't drink something that would make you unwise. 
Well, you say, well, uh, but, it's, but, it's, but it says wine. Okay, there are two different kinds of wines in the Bible. I can show you. The Bible says, look not upon the wine when it changeth its color, when it turneth itself aright in the cup. Now, the Bible doesn't say it's not wine or it is wine when it's one way or the other, but it does say there are two, two different states of wine. One, when it doesn't change its color, when it doesn't turn itself aright in the cup, that's called grape juice. And there's another state of wine when it changes its color, when it starts moving around in the cup. That's fermentation. That's when it's turning to alcohol. It says, look not upon the wine. You're not even supposed to look at it. I'll just say amen to myself. You're not even supposed to look at it when it's fermented. You're not supposed to look at it when it turns alcoholic. Amen. So here, be not drunk with wine when it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We're not supposed to be under the influence of alcoholic beverages, but the Bible says here we are supposed to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. Now, God made the comparison here. I didn't make the comparison. Everything the devil comes up with is a counterfeit of something God already has for us. Now, lost people, people who are not saved, let's say we have a problem with another person. Lost people, they can just cuss them out and they feel better about it. But we're saved. We can't do that. Lost people, when they're going through a hard time, maybe a, a marital problem or a job problem or, or not having a job problem or one, something like that, they can just go down to the bar and drink, and for a while they forget about their worries and their cares. But we're saved. We can't do that. But drinking that alcohol later on compounds the problem. But that's what the devil came up with for people when they have problems. They just drink, take drugs, whatever. Being filled with the Spirit brings the same results. God has something better that works better. Hey, if, if you're having a marital problem, just both you and your wife get tanked up on the Holy Spirit. And it'll work things out. Listen, you have a problem with depression, get filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I have a good friend, Brother Earl Hughes. As a matter of fact, he's the one that sung Precious Old Bible years and years and years and years and years ago, and I copied it from him, and we sing it wrong, he said. But anyway, he, he was preaching one time about the fullness of God. He said, one day I experienced the fullness of God. He said, I tried to worry, and it didn't work. Do you get that? I tried to worry, and it didn't work. Amen. Being filled with the Holy Spirit will bring the same results, and you don't have the hangover, and you don't have to worry about doing something stupid while you're under the influence. It's got the same results. He, listen, and it says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Like I talked about being born again this morning, it's not just something nice that can happen to you. It's a command. You're supposed to be filled. Be not drunk with wine. It would be wrong for me to walk in here, get behind this pulpit, and preach inebriated. That would be sinful. You wouldn't allow it. If you knew, I, if you smelled it on my breath, you would. Preacher would not allow me to step up here like that. 
That's wrong. Be not drunk with wine. It's just as wrong for me to step up here trying to preach the Word of God not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just as wrong to lead singing not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just as wrong to teach Sunday school not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just as wrong to try to be a mom, a Christian mom or a Christian dad in a home not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's wrong. It's wicked. You're not in the will of God. You're not wise. Be not drunk with wine when there's excess. That's wrong. Be filled with the Spirit. Some of the same results. I, I mentioned some. I mean, when you're having problems, you know, people get drunk, whatever. We can just get filled with the Holy Spirit forget about that stuff. I had, I had three, three great uncles. We'd have a family reunion. We, my, my grandfather lived, um, oh, my great uncle lived right on the Cumberland River there in Nashville, Tennessee. Us young people would play softball at the reunion. The middle-aged guys would play horseshoes. The older guys had these square bottles in their back pocket. And after a while, they would sneak across the street, down the bank to the Cumberland River, and spend some time down there with those square bottles. After a while, you would hear them laughing when they'd been there a while. Then you'd hear them singing. And then they'd come back over the hill just having a time, singing and laughing and just having a great time under the influence of the wrong kind of spirits. You know what? We ought to have the same results if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We will. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, some of you look at me like a calf looking at a new gate right now. And you probably don't even know what that means. You look at me kind of weird. Like, what is this guy doing? Where is he coming from? When Peter got up in Acts chapter 2 to preach, you know the first thing he had to cover before he preached his message? You men of Israel, these people are not drunk with wine, whereas ye suppose. The people were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the onlookers were looking at them, seeing the way where they were behaving. He says, I think they're tipsy. I think they're drunk. He said, no, no, no. They're not drunk with wine. This is only the, what was it, the third hour. He said, they're not drunk with wine. The same results. You want to sing. They probably were smiling. That's a real improvement in most Baptist churches. If they're smiling. Amen. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. It makes you happy on the inside. It gives you joy. I mean, they do call alcohol somehow joy juice. <laughs> Amen. It gives you joy. Being filled with the Holy Spirit gives you joy. And we'll get into that in a minute. But are you all with me so far? It's God's will for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You said, well, I got filled when I got saved. No, that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're not in His. That's, that's, if, you're not, if you don't have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you're not saved. Being filled is something that's a day-by-day thing. You see, you might have been filled one time, but I don't know about you. Well, I think I do. I have leaks. I have leaks. I mean, I can get filled with the Holy Spirit, but after a while, He leaks out. Amen. Because of my own flesh, because of the world, because of the, just, just the things I've run into, maybe some music. Uh, listen, I can just be tanked up with the Holy Spirit, doing right, and go into a Walmart or somewhere and hear the wrong song. And all of a sudden, my song is gone already. It's gone already. You know what happened? You know what, what you need to do? You need to go back to the bar. 
Come on now, the Holy Spirit. You need to go back to the bar. Say, Lord, fill me again. Lord, hey, a good drunk, they don't just get drunk one time and that's it. They go back and they go back and they go back. And a good drunk goes back a lot. If you're, if you're going to be a, are you listening? If you're going to be a good Christian, you're going to have to go back a lot. Lord, fill me again. Lord, fill me again. Lord, I let something get in my, in my mind and my heart and, 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 and I'm, I don't have that song anymore. Lord, fill me again. Listen, here, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speak, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spirit. I've been preaching revival meetings for 27 years. I've learned when I go into especially a new church, I look for a couple of things to know their spiritual temperature, where they are. You know what's the first thing I look at? Congregational singing. If people aren't singing, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, i got my job cut out for me if they want revival in five days. <laughs> Amen. I look at congregational singing. I mean, and some people say, well, I just, I can't sing. I mean, nobody. Then you're too proud. It doesn't say make a joyful music. It says a joyful noise. Everybody can do that. I feel trapped up here. Um, I like to get behind people that can't sing. I do, because number one, I know they're not proud. They don't care what people think. They're not singing to us. They're singing to him. And he likes it. When people can't sing and sing anyway, he likes it. He does. That's called worship. As a matter of fact, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 13, it talks about the sacrifice of praise. If you can't sing and you do it anyway, that's a sacrifice. And God, the Bible says, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I mean, if you say, oh, I mean, that's, I, amen. But, but if, if it just sounds bad coming out, and you do it for the Lord, he's up there, well, I like the way that guy sings. I like the way that lady sings. Amen. They're singing to me. Amen. I look at that. When, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, listen, I've, I've heard, I'm talking about alcoholic drunks, I've heard some of, them, some of them can sing, some of them can't. But guess what? They're, they're under the influence, and they're singing whether they can or not. It just comes out. It just comes out. I'm telling you what, right now, we, 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 it's good advertisement for the Lord when a visitor comes into a church and everybody's singing, just singing, amen. It's good advertisement for the Lord. It's good advertisement for the Lord when you're smiling. Amen. Makes people wonder what you're up to. <laughs> just smiling. I mean, listen, you go, there's not many frowners at the bar. Now, I never go, but I mean, I've been told, amen. There's not many frowners there. They're, they're singing, they're partying, they're having a great time. And let me say this we get some of them to come to church Friday night, Saturday night. They've been at the bar, they've been telling jokes, they've been having a great time. And they say, Oh, I told so and so I go to church with them tomorrow, uh, t this morning, you know. I get. And so they get up and, and they've been partying all weekend and they come into a dead church. They're not coming back. They want life. And why seek ye the living among the dead? Listen, I don't, I'm not talking about doing cartwheels and rolling in the floor. I'm not talking about that. 
But I'm talking about enjoying, enjoying church, enjoying the service, participating in the service, being filled with the Holy Spirit, under the influence. Well, how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit or not? You know, I, I'm sure you, you, if you were here this morning, I had everybody bow their head, and I said, if you're not saved, if you're not sure you're saved, sometimes they'll... they'll Preachers ask the opposite question. How many people know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die? Raise your hand. And people raise their hands. If I were to ask you this evening, I'm not going to do it. I don't want you to raise your hand. But if I were to ask you this, how many here this evening are filled with the Holy Spirit? How many could raise their hand? Could you raise your hand? How many here are filled? If we had every head bowed, every eye closed, and we were sincere and honest before God, how many here could say, yes, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am under the influence right now. Kind of tipsy. During the song service, I got pretty happy. Amen. How many could do that? You said, well, preacher, I I don't know. I I don't know. How how do you know if you're filled or, or not? Let me help you. Let me help you. Oh, this might, if you're squeamish, you might have a problem with this. But this is the only way I know to illustrate to know what you're full of. I travel all the time, and I see a lot of roadkill. Down home, we have, matter of fact, let me tell you, why, the, why did the chicken cross the road? To prom, to, no, to prove to the possum and the coon and the skunk that it can be done. They seem to have a hard time getting across the road without getting hit. Especially this time of year. I mean, you get, you get a, a, a full-grown coon that gets, gets run over, uh, gets hit by a car, and it's, it's laying on the side of the road. And, and now they don't, they don't pick those things up. They let nature take care of them. Used to, they drag deer off the road, put them in a... Now they let nature take care of it. Well, listen, I, let me tell you what nature does when it's 100 degrees outside. The next day you go by that coon, he seems to have gained weight. He's bigger than he was the day before, and I know he hasn't eaten a thing, and he's bigger. And you go by about three days later, and I mean, there's no loose skin on that coon. He, he is puffed out everywhere. Now, when I was a kid, I was curious when I was a kid. I wondered about stuff. I wanted to be a scientist, amen, investigate things. I always wondered, what's in there? You never worried about that, did you? You never even thought one time, what's in there? I always wondered what was in there. I mean, how come they was like this, and then now they're like this, and they hadn't eaten anything? Well, I found this out. If you get a long stick and sharpen the end of it, a long stick, and sharpen the end of it, and poke it, you'll find out what it's full of. <laughs> Amen. Now, you, you would think, you know, when, when, if you're walking past somebody, you see stuff oozing out, oozing out of its... I'll, I'll, I'll hurry up, ladies. So that should give you a clue. But if you poke it, it'll come busting out, and you'll know what it's full of. Last time you got poked. 
last time you got poked, what came out? Does that help anybody? That's how, that's how I can tell if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit or not. Just try, try, just try to think back the last time I got poked, what came out? You know what came out? Whatever we were full of. That's what came out. Let's look over in Galatians chapter 5. Can we do that? Galatians chapter 5. Just go back a book. How do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, number one, love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to be filled with love. Brother Montoro, among fundamentalists today, it's a very unpopular thing to preach on the love of God. Very unpopular now. But I think I read where God is love. I think I did read where the, the Bible says they'll know we're His disciples by our love. The last time you got poked, did love come out? I'm not enjoying preaching this message because as I preach, I'm thinking about me. The last time I got poked, I'm thinking, was that what that was that came out? Was that love? Love. You say, well, preacher, you know, I'm not real good at, at, at expressing love or, or showing love. I'm just not real good at that. You're not getting a message yet. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to come out and you don't have to work on it. It's just, if it's in there, it's going to come out. It's not something you work on. My, my pastor at home, Brother Eric Capace, he's, he's Italian. And he's a lover. I mean, he tells everybody, I love you. I love you, brother. I love you. Matter of fact, we had a lady in our church that wasn't raised that way. And every time he said, I love you, she'd turn around and walk off. She, it, it just scared her to death. But after she got to know him and knew that he, tell, he tells everybody that, you know. And, and she knew it was nothing personal. And it's just, he just tells, you know, he'll tell the, the garbage man, love you, brother. You know, it, and so one, one day, he, she'd been there a couple of years. And, and uh, he, he was walking with said, love you, sister. And she says, love you. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> it almost, she almost slipped up and said, I love you. My dad, uh, I can never remember my dad telling me he loved me when I, when I was a kid. I know he did, but he never told me. Years. I mean, I've been married 10 years or 15 years. We were going home for Christmas. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to hug Daddy. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but I'm going to hug him. I turned into a tree hugger. That's about what it was. I mean, just stiff as a board. Amen. I said, love you, Daddy. Hugged him. And he says, yeah. And yeah means, I love, for my dad, that meant I love you too. But he never said I love you. And I, but I hugged him. And he didn't hit me. Amen. So we, it was cool. We, it worked. Next year I went back. 
I hugged him, and he, and he almost, I, I could feel arms. At least it wasn't right here. The arms were kind of like on my side, but it wasn't touching. Amen. But I thought, that's an improvement. That really is. After a while, I would say, Daddy, I love you. And he said, I love you too. Love you too. My mom died. My dad and mom divorced. My mom died. I went to Nashville. Um, I had a plane delay, about three hours. So I called my dad up. I said, Dad, I got a three-hour delay. I said, why don't you come to the airport, pick me up, we'll go for breakfast. He said, all right. Went to breakfast, and, and uh, then he took me back to the airport. And, and I was kind of in a hurry, and, and uh, you know, I didn't want him to have to stay there by the curb. You know, the, the security people run you off anyway. So, so I grabbed my bags. Uh, I leave. And I said, bye, Daddy. And I turned around. He says, I love you. It's the first time he ever said it first. I love you. I know we're in New York City. But if you want to hair lip somebody around here, just tell me you love them. I've been told you don't even make eye contact around here. My kids, now they weren't raised in New York, but they were, they were city people. And every once in a while I wave at somebody and my kids would say, Daddy, who was that? I said, I don't know. Then why'd you wave at them? Just what we do. We'll sit on the porch. I'm talking about whales raised down south. Sit on the porch and a, dr- a car drives by. Beep, beep. And you throw your hand up and wave. You don't have a clue who they are. And they don't know who you are. But they see you on the porch and, amen, they beat the horn. They're, they're, they're expressing that they are a human being and you are too. And you can't communicate. <laughs> yes. Listen. You moms and dads. Well, I wasn't raised that way. Well, get, get it right. You need to show love to your kids. You kids, show your mom and dad you love them. Well, I'm just not raised that way. Get filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can't help it. You can't help it. It's not something you have to work on. It's just going to come out. If you're full of it, it's going to come out. Love's going to come out. Love's going to come out. Love. The next one is joy. Joy. Now, people, I I don't want to offend you, but most churches I go to are real weak on joy. If they have joy, it's a shocker to me because you can't see it. Now, I understand... And let me, let me give you this. This is a given. Joy is on the inside. But rejoicing is when it comes out. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. It didn't say have joy. It said show joy. Rejoice. Let it come out. Ooze out, bust out, trickle out. Rejoicing. I looked up rejoicing in the dictionary. I have an old 1828 Webster's Dictionary. It said, oh, y'all ain't going to like this. It said to shout or to leap or play or sport. That's what it said. Paul said shout, leap, play, sport. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm a Baptist. I don't believe in that. For the most part, I can tell most Baptists are like that. 
but our practical expressions and the Bible expressions are foreign to each other. David, the Bible says, was dancing mildly before the Lord. I'm not saying sensual. Come on now. I'm not talking about that. But David got excited. He got excited. The one, he healed the ten lepers. One came back. Everybody ready? With a loud voice, glorified God. Well, that's just not me. Then you need to work on it. But if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you know the people at the bar, they're, they're yakking, they're getting louder and louder and louder, and they're not trying to. It's something from the inside that's coming out. They rejoice. Brother Montoro, in our circles, it's okay for the preacher to do it, but nobody else. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. That man that was lame, the Bible said he went into the temple leaping and praising God. We'd kick him out of our churches. We'd kick him out. Or we'd put a wet blanket on them real quick. Amen. Rejoicing. He said, well, we're just not like that up, up, up north. I've seen Yankee fans. <laughs> oh, yes. You do it just like us Tennessee people do it. Yes, you do. Amen. You get demonstrative. Yes, come on now. Shake your little pointed heads. You know what I'm talking about. You get rowdy. You know what happens? You get emotional about what you care the most about. Joy. You say, well, you know, I, I need to work on that. You still haven't got the message yet. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be full of joy. If you're full of joy and you get poked, is going to come out. So I'm not understood. I'm not going to tell you how I showed my joy, but I'm going to... <laughs> Amen. I was in Yuma, Arizona. Saturday, an evangelist friend of mine who was out of that church was talking to me, and he said that he needed a motorhome. His motorhome had blown up, and he says, I, I need a motorhome. Or, or fifth wheel or something, and, and he says, um, I want to ask your opinion. He says, you, since you're the, you know, the elderly evangelist, I love that, senior evangelist. You've been in the ministry for 100 years, and you're sagely, and you know. You know. I said, call Brother Marshall. <laughs> he said, what do you think about me going to get a motorhome or fifth wheel and getting it on credit? I said, I'll just tell you what God told me. I said, God told me, no credit. God told me if he can supply it after you get it, he can supply the money before you get it. That, but I said, that's just what the Lord told me personally. I said, it's not, not anything in the Bible, yay or nay, black or white. I said, but that's what he told me. He said, well, that's what he told me too. I was just hoping you'd say it was okay so I could do it. Make, you know, make him feel better if I did it. That was Saturday. 
Sunday night, I'm preaching there, but, but what, before I even got to preaching, I was, I was sitting on the front row. The preacher was just talking about this, that, and the other. He said, oh, by the way, said, this afternoon we got a call from a church in Helena, or in Missoula, Montana, and there's someone in that church is giving Brother McDonald a 35-foot fifth wheel, giving it to him. Saturday, we're talking about it. God blesses his faith Saturday, Sunday. One day later, God blesses his faith. Well, I'm sitting on the front row, just minding my own business, and I got happy. Just, it, was just, it was fresh. I mean, we just talked about it the day before. I got happy. Is it okay to get happy? I got happy. And my feet got to moving as I was sitting there. I, I, I was happy. And when your feet are going like that and you're sitting down, it's okay. But I made a mistake and I stood up. My feet were still doing that. When, when you stand up and your feet are doing that, you're moving. I run around all the time. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Got halfway around the church and, the, and I got, got back to my seat, sat down, and I was just, oh, bro. That, that's a, the preacher said, boy, that's never been done here before. I could tell. <laughs> He said, that didn't hurt, did it? It didn't hurt. It was appropriate. You know, the Bible says praise is comely. Praise is comely. I looked that word up, comely. You know what it said? Appropriate at all times. Appropriate at all times. Praise is comely. It's good advertisement for the Lord. Listen, I hope you all are getting this. I'm not saying run around the auditorium. But joy at least means smile. At least means that. And if you're not smiling, you're not under the influence. These men are not drunk with wine, whereas ye suppose. I just, I just think they were smiling and they were happy. Testimony time is not a time to brag on the devil. Well, I've had such a rough week, preacher, and I appreciate y'all praying, but I'm going through some hard things. Shut up! <laughs> Bring on the Lord! I mean, so... Let me help y'all. Now, I'm, I'm just visiting here, and I may never come back. Y'all may not want me anymore. But after church, we'll fellowship. We're having ice cream, by the way. I'm staying at least for that. Amen. I might make a mistake and ask you how you're doing. But let me let you know ahead of time up front, I don't mean it. It's just the way you get a conversation going. How are you doing? You know, and, but we, I don't want to know how you're doing. I'm having a hard enough time with myself, much less hearing all your stuff. It's just a way to get a conversation going. Brother Roloff, Lester Roloff, a preacher down in Texas years ago, somebody on the phone, they call him up, and he made the mistake. He said, how you doing, brother? He said, well, I'm all right under the circumstances. He said, what are you doing under there? <laughs> what is a Christian doing under the circumstances? If you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be full of love, you're going to be full of joy. And to quote somebody who wasn't inspired, but I think had a godly principle, don't worry, be happy. Amen. <laughs> Full of joy. Let's see the next one here. Love, joy. What's the next one? 
peace. Peace. I personally like peace. I was giving a preacher illustration yesterday. I was talking about two guys that didn't agree on something and theologically, and they thought I was going to you know, take their side about it. And we were in a fellowship hall. They were arguing, arguing in a fellowship hall. And I said, do you see that cake over there? Do you see that coffee over there? I'm going to go have some. This is a fellowship hall. And we did. We had fellowship. Peace. What they were arguing about didn't make a hill of beans. You husbands and wives, most of the things you argue about means nothing. Now, let me help you fellas. Now, you women, y'all can work out your own deal. Let me help you fellas. I didn't marry my wife to be right all the time. I married my wife for sugar. Amen. She kissed different than my mama did. Amen. I married my wife for sugar. So if we're having a disagreement, I just let her have her way so I can have sugar. I don't get anything out of being right. Who cares? Am I helping any of you men? Shake your little pointed heads. Amen. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now, if it's a, if it's a principle, if it's a, amen, the King James Bible is the Word of God, amen, but anything less than that, I'm just going to let her have her way and have sugar. Peace. Peace. Hey, you're the head of the house. You're in charge of it. You're in charge of not having war at the house. Some way, you're going to have to bring peace at the house. And only by pride come a contention that's usually on both parts. It's sin. You say, you let your wife have her way all the time? Every time. Every time. Because I'm in charge. Well, what if she's wrong? Usually, well, I'll say 50% of the time, as soon as I take the blame in a humble way, she said, no, honey, it's, it's my fault. It's my fault. 50% of the time, 25% of the time, it might be a month later. Any other 25, she ain't going to admit it. But I'm getting sugar. <laughs> Either way, and we have peace at the house. No contention. Now, that's for you guys. And some of y'all are going to be dumb and, I'm taking my stand. Help yourself. I'm getting sugar. <laughs> peace. Preacher, I looked that word up in the dictionary. Peace. Now, keep in mind. Now, this just, y'all, excuse me. This just mean the preacher. Amen. Independent, fundamental, King James, standards, all that. Baptist. Peace means freedom from agitation. Freedom from agitation. Some people thrive on it. Some people are not content until they stir something up. Preachers, some preachers aren't content. They got a magazine, they're going to stir. 
if it's at all possible, the Bible said, live peacefully among all men. Peaceably. If it's not you, then you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to get, you need to get under the influence. And there will be peace where you are. Some of you ladies. Amen. Amen. Come on now. There needs to be peace at that house. And listen, ladies, you're teaching those girls how to treat their man, too. And 20 years from now, your daughter's going to go through a divorce because she's learned how to do it like you do it. Please help me. Amen. Amen. Be sweet. I can't do it. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can. You can't help it. You'll have peace. Okay, I'm, I'm going to work on peace. I, I, I do need to... You didn't get the message yet. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help it. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're automatically... Love is going to come out. Joy is going to come out. Peace is going to come out. And I'll let you end with the next one. Long-suffering. Anybody irritate you? Can you think of somebody right now? Are you looking across the auditorium? Yeah, uh huh. That's why they're there and you're there. Amen. Irritate you. Do you know you probably irritate them too? Everybody look at the other side. Everybody look at each other. Come on, everybody. Like that, look at each other. You know who you're looking at? You're looking at somebody that's probably doing the best they can. Probably doing the best they can. They know they need some work, and they're working on it, but they're doing the best they can. Long-suffering. Let's all give each other a break. Long-suffering. Boy, some of us, we're, we're so... We forget... We forget how long it took us to get victory over something. I've actually heard people, well, I don't think that guy got saved. Even He saved, got saved a month ago, and I still saw a beer in his refrigerator. I don't think he got saved. He's probably wondering about you gossiping. You've been saved 30 years. You know who beer hurts mainly? Him. You know who gossip hurts? Lots of folks. Matter of fact, it's the same as murder, the Bible says. If you hate your brother, amen, and you spend, it's, it's murder. You're killing them with your words. Long-suffering. It means putting up with something for a long time. Preachers, again, again, pastor, reprove, rebuke. Well, and young preachers especially are good at those two things. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. I don't know why preacher hadn't run that person off. I mean, they're long-suffering. I've never pastored, but I'm thinking, we'll give them one more service. And after that service, guess what? Let's give them one more service. Let me preach to them one more time, maybe, maybe. Well, let me preach to them one more time, and maybe, 
moms and dads, your kids, long suffering. You know, I still believe in spanking kids. The Bible hadn't changed. But I didn't spank my kids every time. No more than God spanks us every time. My youngest, all of my kids say I spoiled her. They all say, you spanked us when we did that and you didn't spank Joanna. All I can say is, and all I tell them is, I spanked y'all so much, I got tennis elbow and it really hurts when I spank her. So I just don't. You know what? As a parent, you do learn things after a while. I still believe in spanking, but I believe in long-suffering. I'm glad he don't spank me every time I do something wrong. I, my kids were all different anyway. My, my first girl, I think I gave her life spanking when she was probably five years old. After that, a rebuke and her lips quivering. Just a rebuke, verbal rebuke. Her lips quivering, and she's repenting. That's all you want. Now, the boys were different. <laughs> hey, man, the boys were different. I got a 22-year-old needs a spanking right now. I might give it to him when I get home. I don't know. <laughs> Is somebody to hold him down? <laughs> be not drunk with wine when there's excess. It's wrong. It's wrong to be drunk with wine. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Let me ask you a question tonight. Last time you got poked, last time you got poked, was it love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or was it something you might be ashamed of? Something was ugly that came out. You see, I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Whatever was in there is what came out. I've, I've worked construction with guys, and they'll whack the wrong nail. Hey, man, they'll whack their fingernail. Oh, blankety blank. And then they'll see me. I'm the preacher, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, preacher. It just slipped out. Of where? It was on the inside. It was already there on the inside. Shouldn't have been in there. Can we have an invitation right now? Every head bowed and every eye closed.